Welcome to Chat About. Chat About sponsored today by First National Bank Bemidji and the Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji. Bemidji Fire Department's annual open house is coming up this week. It's National Fire Prevention Week, and on Saturday, they'll wrap it up with their annual open house. Alexis Joyce has the details coming up next on Chat About. Alexis Joyce back with us again. She's here to talk about an open house which just kind of takes me back a couple of weeks because she was here a couple of weeks ago talking about the open house at the, was it Fire Station 4? Yeah. How did that go? It was awesome. Yeah, it was an amazing turnout. We were super excited about it. Lots of people, uh, really fun and successful push-in ceremony, which is awesome because I've never seen one before. Oh, really? Or been a part of one, I should say. Excuse me. And so pretty special moment for all the Station 4 members. And now we're getting ready for another open house. This is kind of a an annual event uh, the fire department does, right? Yeah. So the one that happened at Station 4, I would consider a grand, grand opening, opening right. more so. And we were using the term open house just because it's something the community is familiar with. But Station 4 one was more of a grand opening. And this one is now, yep, our annual open house that we have every year. Uh, second weekend of October every year is Fire Prevention Week. And so... Our open house always is the Saturday at the tail end of Fire Prevention Week, so that's this Saturday. So Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and uh, what are people going to experience at the, at your open house? Yeah, so we keep trying every year to make it bigger and better because that's what we do here <laughs> in Bemidji, it seems like, is make it the best experience we can. And so just like previous years, we'll have hot dogs and refreshments for everyone that comes, and those are completely free, and then... Also, we'll have activities for the kids like a firefighter obstacle course. Uh, this year, we're bringing in a bouncy house, so that's pretty cool for the littles. Uh, they seem to always like those. Mm-hmm. We'll have other opportunities for you to interact with firefighters, like seeing our equipment and uh, any questions you could possibly want. Every kid that enters the door gets a goodie bag, even adults that really want it. And they've got some pretty cool fire safety materials in them and then also stickers and tattoos because those are always the fan (laughs) favorite with kids and then the thing that we hear about the most the biggest and best part of it is probably the fire truck ride so we have uh, firefighters that will drive fire trucks around and kids can line up to go take rides in those fire trucks and kind of see a little bit of downtown Bemidji with those they have a little pre-planned loop and they loop back Uh, Then we also have Minnesota DNR come in, so they'll bring some of their rigs. They'll bring Smokey the Bear, I believe. (laughs) He might be making an appearance. We might be having uh, some other little fan favorite friends that might come for a special visit. And then something really cool that we're hoping that is going to take place is at 1030 in the morning, we're going to have a helicopter actually land right in the parking lot. So people can see kind of that aspect. So we work pretty closely with helicopters on different events that we may need to go to and people needing immediate life um, Mm. attention for Mm. medical needs. And so we'll use helicopters as that means of egress for them. It it is amazing to me, you know, and I go back to when I was a kid, which fine, it was a while ago. Um, (laughs) But even then, you know, I I still remember – getting a fire truck for a birthday present, right? Yeah. Um, and that was, again, a while ago. Um, there is something, some romantic notion about firefighting that continues. You know, everybody's 
kind of enamored with firefighters, fire trucks, and stuff like that. I mean, were you as a kid? Well, I mean, that's because we're pretty awesome. <laughs> I will. Say I'm that. not disputing <laughs> that. I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Uh, I definitely grew up in a family that um, public service was something that was very big for us. I have a lot of uh, members of my family that have worked in the military, and my grandpa actually wanted to become a firefighter, and unfortunately on his way to his interview and testing for St. Paul Fire, he got in a car accident, and then back in the day when they were having 600-plus applicants, it if one didn't show up, it wasn't, we're going to make it up for that person, even if they have a good excuse, like a car accident. <laughs> um, and so he never got that opportunity because he had to go get a job. And so it's it's kind of been something in my family that I've always seen. And I've had some personal experiences growing up with first responders and that made a positive impact on my life. And so, yeah, I've always had um, kind of an interest. And then as I got older and older, I found some other people that kind of <laughs> reminded me of that interest when I was going through college and that's kind of why I am where I am now when you um have events like this um what what's the most common question you get from people oh there's 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 a good little handful um we'll get what is your most memorable call or do you remember me because we do interact with the community a lot and unfortunately sometimes they're not not happy circumstances. Obviously, if we're going, there's probably a, a fire or a serious medical or a serious car accident. And so, fortunately, we'll get those. But a lot of a lot of questions we'll get are pertaining to smoke detectors and CO detectors and just fire prevention and fire protection tools that people see in everyday life, especially that they own in their own homes. Along with the um, popularity of uh, firefighting, I mean, there's I don't know, is there like 15 TV shows about firefighters? Of some form? Whether it's the 911 shows or the <clears throat> actual fire department shows. Um, we won't talk about the soap opera aspect of some of these series, <laughs> but how accurate are they about life as firefighters? All right, I take back my previous answer. That is one of the most common <laughs> recent questions I get. And unfortunately, no, they're not super accurate. Of course, they have some accuracy in the sense of the the general idea of are we getting in the trucks when the tones drop? Are we going as a crew? Or are we only sending one? Are we eating as a family, as a group every night? Those kind of big concept ideas mm-hmm. are realistic. Um, yeah. We'll just say how they act on scene is not <laughs> always accurate. <laughs> It's not as glamorous as they make it seem sometimes. Uh, well, of course not. Exactly. You know, okay. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be TV then. Alexis Joyce, Bemidji Firefighter. They've got their open house coming up uh, again this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Alexis, you said it was National Fire Prevention Week. Um, what are some of the key things we need to do to help prevent fires? Big things that we'll talk about, even with our little kids that come in, kindergarten, first grades, are smoke detectors and COs. And so... Having those in place in your house in the proper way and operating in a proper manner and maintaining them at all times is one of our biggest asks of community members because that is something that you can do to keep your own family safe. Unfortunately, firefighting is, in a sense, a little bit uh, of the reaction side of things because you have a fire, we're going to react and come. But it would be awesome to uh, 
implement the prevention side of things more and unfortunately lessen my job, but mm-hmm. in a good way and in a positive way and an exciting way for our community because that means we're being more safe. And so um, we don't always expect for people to know where uh, smoke detectors and CO detectors should go, but we have an awesome and we're very fortunate to have a program here that the Red Cross sponsors us to come and install CO and smoke detectors 100% free. All you have to do is call the fire department and provide a time that we can come and you will be at the home and we will come do all the work. We'll bring the materials, we'll install them, we'll, we'll educate you on them, and all you have to do is be present and then it's on you to maintain those. And so they're pretty cool nowadays that it used to be twice a year you have to change the batteries and and also monthly test them. Well, now the new devices that we have have a 10-year-long battery in it. And so that one step is already taken out for you and taken care of. And so all we ask is once a month you test them and there's a little test button on it labeled nice and clear. Unfortunately, it is a little loud, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the concept of the device. Yes. <laughs> And uh, you test it once a month, and so everyone has their own little um, tricks of how to remember. Mine is the first of the month. It just, when I'm flipping my calendar, I'm using the broomstick to hit those because I'm quite short as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, keep those up to date. And then CO detectors is the same thing, testing once a month. And then depending on what kind you get will uh, depend on what they're energy sources as well but there you can get some that plug into the wall the ones we install have a battery in them um just depends and those have a little bit shorter lifespan those are usually five to seven years of a lifespan whereas a smoke detector is 10 years now i i um and i didn't know that and then that that you needed to even if you never use it um you need to replace that after the smoke detector after 10 years in a in a Carbon monoxide after five? Five to seven. Five yeah. to seven. Yep. Um, so I did that uh, when I found out I better do that uh, a while ago. And uh, of course, now, you know, with the um, codes, there's several in, in houses. Uh, we Ours had one and I think has one in every bedroom, a hallway, basement. So um, it's it's a bit of a process to, to do that, but... Um, but very necessary. And of course, ours are wired too. So that's getting to be more of a common thing too with a battery backup. Yep. Yeah. So the common practice is one in every bedroom any and then one in any common space or a hallway. Um, and so the big places we try to avoid are right outside a bathroom because mm. I know how I take a shower. It's <laughs> piping hot. And so that steam will come out and sometimes irritate those detectors or alarms. And then also in the kitchen because... Again, I'm not a good cooker, and I have plenty of coworkers that will attest to that as well. That, And so burning some things will also bring those nuisance alarms, what we would mm-hmm. call. And nuisance alarms we see is when complacency builds into our bodies. And so we hear that alarm all the time because someone in our family burns toast constantly, and we have a detector in the kitchen. And then we start to, in our mind, assume every time that we hear an alarm, it's someone burning toast, and it's not always someone burning toast. And right. so placement is super important with that. And then also knowing what you want to do when the alarm goes off. And so especially for families, we really emphasize having an escape plan and then going over that with your children. So obviously as adults, we we have some mental capacity that we've learned in the however old we are many years. 
And that's great. But unfortunately, a lot of us don't understand what happens when our adrenaline's going and there's an emergency going on and things are all happening all at once. And um, our brains kind of just go in autopilot mode. A lot of us don't know that, but it's just we react, we go. And mm-hmm. so if we have trained our body, our mind, our muscle memories to know our escape routes and we practice them in the non-emergency stages, we're going to be so familiar because it's crazy to watch how often if you're sitting in an auditorium, let's say, you enter through door one and yeah. so did 90% of the people. They all entered through door one as well. Even though there could be three other door options, what door do you think they're all going to want to fly out of if some, if the alarms start to go off? The one they came in. Exactly. Door number one. they're comfortable. Their muscle yeah. memory knew. I know there's a door there. Even though they could look to their left and see a closer door, yeah. that is a better option for them. And so tre- teaching everyone in our family, no matter their age, where what to do is super important. All right. So tell me a little bit about what are the most common uh, fire hazards in a house that we should be aware of and try to avoid. Yeah. So cooking fires are the number one cause for building fires or structure fires for us. And so big thing with cooking are uh, keeping our, our area safe around the stove and clear of any flammable or combustible materials. And so I know that some of us might throw a dish rag over our shoulder or have it near or just set it down on the counter real quick. And especially if we don't, if we have an, if we do not have an electric stove and we have a gas stove, there's an open flame under your pot that's on the stovetop. And so having that towel possibly uncringe on that, that's a very Mm. big safety hazard. And then also oil, um, just other cooking hazards that come with we're getting things hot because that's why we're using the stove. Um, and so always staying in attendance of your cooking is the biggest ask that we try to educate people on. Because if you're there monitoring it at all times, hopefully you notice it's starting to get close to the edge of the pot if it's starting to boil over the oil, per se. Mm. Or if a fire does break out, you can kill the heat to it right away and and get out right away. Um And then one other thing, too, is especially with oils, uh, many people's natural reaction when they see fire, how do we put it out? Water. Well, with cooking, that's not the same. And actually, it has the the adverse effect. So if you add water to a grease fire, it's Mm. actually going to make it much worse. Mm. And it's going to splatter over and it's going to spread to your cabinets possibly. And so that's the biggest thing is if we can kill the heat, that's awesome. So turn the knob on your stove. And then if you have a fire extinguisher, uh, usually a lot of people will keep them under their sink. That's where I keep mine. If you feel comfortable using that tool, great. If not, as long as you kill the heat and get out and call 911, that's what we're there for. And we're hopefully going to be there soon enough that we can confine it right to your stovetop. And that's kind of the luxury that we have to offer being a full-time or having full-time members mm-hmm. available and ready to respond right away. So being a combination department, we have people on shift at all time that are going to come. And then the other big one we see is um, carbon monoxide in houses. And so right now, middle of October, it's it's starting to unfortunately get to heater weather. I'm Mm -hmm. not excited about it, but that's Uh. all right. It is what it is. We all live in Bemidji. We understand (laughs) this is what we signed up for when we signed our our mortgages and stuff. And so 
Uh, seal is a big thing when it comes to your furnaces kicking on, especially for the first time of the year because they've been sitting probably through the summer months and haven't been used. And then when we kick light them up back up again for winter, that's when we can start to find, oh, there was a leak that we didn't know about because it hasn't been used for a while. And so having uh, CO detectors in both the uh, every level of the house. So if you got a two-story, we got one in the basement and we got one on the main level. Any mm-hmm. level of the house, we want one. And then those detectors hopefully are going to sniff out any any CO that's entering the house. And then when those go off, you can contact 911. Or if you don't feel comfortable calling 911, you can call directly to the fire station any single time of day. And we will always come out. We are one company that CO, that is our thing. And so obviously... If you have some medical issues because of the CO, we would call for an ambulance. Okay. Or if you have something that requires an officer, you would call an officer. CO would be for us. And so that is another fire hazard that is very common in everyday residences that okay. people may have. And again, it is uh, it is part of this celebration of National Fire Prevention Week. Uh, we have our open house. So one more time, uh, the de- the uh, the time of the open house. That's at the main. It's it's that's in your main house, right? Yep, downtown Bemidji. The address is three one eight Fifth Street Northwest. It's right next to City Hall, uh, very close to the library. It's kitty corner from the library, and yeah, it'll be ten to two Saturday the fourteenth. And this year's theme is crazy enough cooking safety, and so that will be a lot of the. Uh, the materials that we'll be handing out. All right. You'll see Alexis, Joyce, and uh, all kinds of firefighters there on Saturday. It's their open house uh, for the Bemidji Fire Department. Alexis, thanks for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Chatabout has been sponsored by Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, and First National Bank Bemidji. Coming up tomorrow on Chat About, we hear from Caitlin Organ, Program Director at Evergreen Youth and Family Services and the Executive Director of Evergreen, Ebony Warren. The topic is a pretty serious one. We take a deep dive into human trafficking. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here.